Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Richard Deitch, the host of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Multiple times a week, our podcast will get you interviews with the most notable names in sports media, from broadcasters to dealmakers to people doing great work behind the scenes. Here's Hubie Brown. Anytime that you win an award, it's not just because of the announcer and the analyst. It's always because of the production team. That's the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shit! Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go! It's the Boomer and Carton postgame show with Al and Jerry. All right, welcome back into a postgame podcast. Today, as I learned uh, earlier on the show, it's actually March 2nd today. I thought it was March 1st. I don't, I don't know why. I thought Saturday was the 27th. I guess it was the 28th. Anyway, whatever. I'm Jerry. He's Al. And uh, we'll start with the MMA. The guys touched on this earlier this morning. Didn't do a whole lot on it, though. And uh, that was Ronda Rousey, who won on Saturday night in a whopping 14 seconds. Now, Al, you know I did some grappling in my day. You're a grappler. Yeah, some MMA. I will say this. She won with the arm bar. And uh, that is one thing. I don't know if you've ever been in an arm bar in a lock on the ground like that. It's it's a type of move where you literally can have your arm snapped in half. It's no joke. And it's the one thing if you're fighting. And I'm not a fighter by any stretch. But I did train trying to learn how to do this. And I've been in that position to understand how difficult it is. If you get caught in it, lights out. So the fact that it was 14 seconds, I totally get. But... I mean, 14 seconds, but you're this paying is, for it. This is her move, the arm bar. That's how she gets. So Correct. how this one woman wasn't looking for the arm bar immediately? Well, you are. The problem is there are several ways of putting someone in one. Yeah, and that that whole thing started the, the uh, her Ronda's opponent, who I don't even know her name. She rolled Ronda right away, and Ronda rolled her right back over and arm barred, arm barred her. I would, you know, this will sound terrible, but I would love to, like, and get you on a mat. Yes. And just kind of show you the complexities of actually pulling this move off because they make it look so easy. And I'm telling you, it's not. And the fact that she did it so gracefully, and I saw the move. I mean, it was like bing, bang, boom. And the woman came out trying to be the aggressor, and she literally walked herself or ran herself right into it without trying to. Well, she told this story on the air when we had her in studio that her mom was a a female judo champion, Mm. and her mom would just, uh, around the house when she was a kid, would would uh, quickly throw her into an arm bar so that she was always ready to defend it. Which is half the battle. Because, yeah. again, once you get caught in that spot, I mean, good luck. You can't, you can't get out of it. I'd like to see Ronda Rousey fight a dude, but it would have to be somebody in her weight class because if a, if a lot of these UFC guys are, are just kind of heavyweights. They're, they're clearly too heavy for her, and she would lose. But uh, to fight a guy her weight, I would put her... I would have her as the victor. Well, yeah, but it's not just her weight. It's got to be her skill level. 
Because what do you, I mean, what does she weigh? I don't even know. 135 pounds, yeah, something know. like that. You're 160 pounds. If she fought you, it would be four seconds and out. No offense. You don't know how to do it. Right. So it's got to be the proper skill level. I don't know. If you're talking about the best male MMA fighter in her weight class, that's fine against her. I'd give her, I guess, as good a chance as anybody because it really is a lot of technique and leverages. Why not? I mean, what the hell? But if you're talking about me or you or Eddie, I mean, please. Well, that'd be that's the next thing that you have to do with her with these pay per views. If you're if you're going to be selling pay per views, people are she can't just fight these women we've never heard of because none of the women are on her skill level. So she's going to have to start fighting dudes. And the first time she fights a dude, that'll be a huge pay per view event. It would be a huge pay per view event. The problem is, what guy is going to put yourself in that spot? Would right. you? I know these guys have amazing confidence in themselves, but what if you actually lose? This isn't Billy Jean King and uh, what's his name. I mean, this would be this is real stuff. Uh, in a ring in an octagon, they ain't making this. This ain't wrestling, right? So I, you know, I don't know about that, but it would be fun. And you're right, it would sell. My God, the buy-ins would be incredible on pay-per-view. Jerry, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates had to uh, issue. They didn't have to. They they decided to issue a statement. Uh, this jihad John, jihadi John, this terrorist. Uh, he was uh, pictured in the newspaper wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates hat, and uh, they felt that they should. Uh, addressed this and said that, uh, you know, it was disgusting for them to see their logo on this terrorist. It's weird. Like, a lot of times here in the New York papers, when uh, someone robs a bank or something, they're always in a Yankee hat. Yes. Like, that is weird. Like, you know, the team, they don't really have to come out and apologize. They didn't give the guy a hat. I agree. But it is a weird thing where that's that's the picture that went around the world of this terrorist who's killed a bunch of dudes and he's wearing a pirate's hat. I would say... Uh, that whole notion of no publicity is bad publicity or bad yeah. publicity is still good. In this case, not so good. I mean, this guy is, I mean, the lowest of the low. I, I'm with you. Do the Pirates feel like they have to do this? No. But doing it, they just wanted to make sure they separated themselves from the whole thing. I mean, this guy is, <laughs> is about as bad as you can be. It is weird. When you do look in the newspapers, at bank robbers in particular, they're always, if they're in a hat, it's always a Yankee hat. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I guess uh, listen, the Yankees the are a popular, extremely yeah, popular franchise. Yeah, you can see you see people in Japan wearing Yankee hats. Like no joke. I mean, it's the Cowboys, the Yankees, the Steelers. There are some teams. It's just what it is. I mean, you go buy a Yankee hat anywhere in the world. So whether you're a criminal, you're me, you're you. You got the hat. That's true. If you robbed a bank in New York and you wore a uh, Milwaukee Brewer hat, they'd be like, oh, it's that dude in the Brewer hat right down the street. <laughs> Meaning that dude. He would stick out. No one else has it As on. the only Brewer guy. It is funny. Uh, but you know what? These things happen, and so be it. Uh, yes. Let's keep it to baseball, although that really wasn't baseball. It was that kind was, of. Eh, a little bit. Uh, how about the Twins? I love this. The Twins have this new rule in place this year that cell phones are going to have to be put away 30 minutes before the games. And you know what? If you're the manager of a baseball team or a football team, I love this that you can just guys, we got to focus, lock in, and we got to go back to the times where there were no cell phones, there's no texting, there's no Twitter. Maybe maybe that might be why. I don't want these idiots looking at Twitter and getting beat down during games or before games. I know I don't know. Kim and I were talking about this the other day when we were driving out of Manhattan into New York when we apparently didn't go see Craig. Um, you jerk, you not Craig, bringing that up again in the nine o'clock hour. Um, like, what would people do without their phones? And I, I, you come to mind immediately. Yeah, I love it. I don't know what I would do because uh, I don't mind now sitting in line at the grocery store. Because I'll you check, have something to do. I'll check the Twitter. Right. Uh, waiting for a doctor's appointment. All of those things. Sometimes sitting in traffic. 
Let me really quick take a look Absolutely. at Twitter. Now, let me ask you this, Jerry. These baseball players, if they're putting their phones away 30 minutes before the game, how how are they going to Instagram? Yeah, they're not going to Instagram. Oh. They're not going to have laptops set up in the middle of the clubhouse. There's no Instagram. There's no Twitter. There's no Tinder or whatever these things are. There's no Facebook. It's just you playing baseball. It's good. I don't like when people use Instagram to post a message. You know what, what I mean? Instagram? Instagram I don't is, what it is pictures. So it's just like it's Twitter with pics? It's really not even Twitter. It's just it's a social media. It's just photos. And can anybody see them? Or uh, they- Well, you can be private as you, okay. as you are on the other social medias, or you can be public. But uh, yeah, you take these. You take a nice picture. You uh, run it through a filter so everybody looks good. You post it, and everybody loves that. But some people use it to. They'll type up a uh, a whole thing. Like Des Bryant, I think, even did it. He'll type up a whole thing and take a picture of that and put that on the Instagram. I don't like that. And oh, I see. And so, and anybody can see this if you're public. Yes. So that's interesting. And it, what's the downside to it? To twit to Instagram, I'm not no about downside. Nude, nude photos no. up. Some people do that. There's no but, downside. So there's no side to having Instagram. No, but people like some. It's it, it's even dumber than Twitter because Twitter you have to read. This you're just scrolling, looking at pictures. At just photos. Yeah. So if I had an Instagram account, if the event we were at the other night, yeah, you would. I I could post all those photos, yes. and you could just go to my account and just see everything. Yeah. It's almost like an online photo album. Yes. Interesting. Let's why, get you why? on the Instagram. Why do I want one of these? Well. Um, like, why do you have it? Like, I why have you it. Just post your photo on Twitter. Yeah, that was my argument for a long time. I, okay. I wouldn't have it, but uh, people love the Instagram. I don't and you know. Still do Facebook and Facebook How many and of these Twitter things? and blah, 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 blah. They're all the same, Jerry. In reality, all the same. They are all the same. Yeah, yeah. I have Twitter. That's it. Yeah, that's the best one to have. Yeah. Am I next? Yeah. Oh, uh, Lady Gaga, Jerry. <laughs> She did another one of these, when people do these stupid polar bear plunges. I was asked to do one this year, yeah. Really? Yes. The one in uh, Seaside Heights, New Jersey? It wasn't Seaside. I think it was in Belmar. Belmar? I think it was Belmar. Uh, um, what is the point of this? Do they? Ra- I think I guess they raise money it's for raise charity, money. right? Yeah, it, listen, it's basically do something stupid that, may, that people will pay to see you do, and then the money goes for a good cause. I'm all for raising money. I really am. I'm not doing this. You're not doing the polar already, bear? No, one. I already said I think it's uh, not I would bet it's not great for guys' um, private Stuff. areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that can't be healthy to dip that into oh, so you mean frozen more so water. Like, physically, that's... You mean more so than the shrinkage, the Costanza stuff. Yeah, you like, mean, I think there's that's got to oh, be damaging. I guess. I mean, why is it so much worse if you go skiing when it's zero degrees out and it's just kind of out there for eight hours? Well, that's covered up. But how about this? You were an athlete in high school. or Something like that. In Jersey City or somewhere. Right. Uh, these guys that take the, the ice baths, like in the back of the locker room. Yeah. They're, they're dipping they're their in hole ice in ice water. Yes. I've seen guys actually do it after uh, football games. When I covered the Jets, you would see it after a game. You know, the door would open and you'd see whoever, uh, Brett Favre, whoever it might be, sitting in an ice tub. Why? I don't know. I, I, it's something for the swelling, for the bumps and the bruises. But I why not dip your know. legs in there only, not uh, your no, area? They, in, a, in some cases, yes, but in some cases they sit down in it. And I don't think they're there for long periods of time. If you remember, I want—I don't remember what game it was, but a, post, uh, a post-game press conference with Peyton Manning this season. Do you remember we had sound of Peyton Manning and he sounded like there was something wrong, like just he wasn't with it. And Boomer had said, I think it was after a Monday night game, the reason for it was he had just gotten out of the ice tub that he probably was in for 10 or 12 minutes, and they rushed him out to get the press conference rolling. But his body temperature was still kind of regulating itself back to normal levels, and he was still 
he still had, he had the, the shakes, shakes a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's no thanks. I'll pass. It's got to do like a weird shrinkage situation because your body doesn't want that out there in the cold. It no. wants to draw it back in. And the shrinkage has got to just be insane. Yeah. I mean, that's got to look like it's I mean, take, what, like a button? Like two days to get back to normal. <laughs> two days? Yeah. I don't know. About, how does it not freeze? Uh, this would be kind of a weird transition, but we'll go from shrinkage to uh, choices, if you will. And there's a study coming out about people overanalyzing choices. And I know this, by the way, is just, this is like putting a golf ball on a tee and letting Al go off because you talk about a guy who overanalyzes everything. But I'll say this. Uh, before I let Al just go off. So the other night, uh, for my wife's birthday, we went to a restaurant. It was one of these restaurants that had 9,000 things on the menu, to the point where it's almost it's too much, to be honest with you. And after I ordered what I ordered, it was kind of like, ah, I shouldn't have got that. I should have got this. And then I was thinking, nah, I wouldn't have wanted that. This would have been better. And I honestly, I left there saying, ah, I just spent a lot of money for a dinner that was okay, and I could have gotten the cheesesteak, if you will. It bothers me. I understand the study. You, however, you're like the, um, what's the right word? You're the example to this because I've seen you in action. You're a mess. Yeah, they say when you have too many choices that when you obsess over that choice where you really Mm -hmm. analyze every single one of your options, you will always have sort of buyer's remorse afterwards. And this is me to a T. Um, I won't say what kind of car I have, but uh, (laughs) I did this when I went to buy my car about three years ago. I looked at every single thing. I broke it all the way down. A month into having a car, I was like, I should have got something else. What am I getting? <laughs> By the way, hold on. It wasn't even a month. That's Honestly, true. It was, well, it was probably a couple weeks that you said, I made a mistake. Right. But you'll see this with everything. So when you want to go buy toothpaste, there's a thousand different brands and sure. varieties. When you want to buy a razor. And what the new, what this study is saying, and I'm trying to do this in my life, is to just pick something that seems good, good enough. Pick something that's good enough. Don't analyze. So when you're looking at your dinner menu, you know, a diner is famous for this. So a diner has everything on it. Uh, Instead of looking through and analyzing each individual thing, like you said, you saw the cheesesteak. I like cheesesteak. I'll grab that. Just get it. Just get that. Because overanalyzing, you continue the analyzing even after you've, in fact, made the decision and made the purchase yeah. or whatever it is. Because in my case, I was trying to weigh the uh, enjoyment of the dinner against the calorie count. I'm, tr- I'm really oh, trying. Because if do I that. don't watch it, you know, Craig gets on me, you know, once in a while saying, you know, all this exercise, and you try and eat right, and you don't look like you should. And I agree. The counter to that is if I don't, I have people in my family that I will look like, and that's large. I have a cousin, the same body type. He does not, you know, take care of himself. He's a mess. I don't want to be a mess. That having been said, so I'm trying to balance the calorie count and the enjoyment of the dinner, and I went somewhere in between, and I screwed the whole thing up, and I didn't enjoy it, and it was stupid, and so that's kind of the way it is. Or by the way, with the car thing, just do what I do. You change cars every just couple get a of months. Car every year. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that idea. But <laughs> I also, by the way, neither do I. <laughs> I also don't like the idea of, of, you know, nowadays with these cars, it's a five year loan you're taking out. Yeah, sure. So after two or three years, if you want to go sell that car or turn it in. It's you're, not wor- you're you owe, right. You owe more money than it's worth. Yes. So you kind of have to ride it out. You've had you the thing you said to me that's stunning to me. You've had that car for three years already. Well, I got it in uh, in in October of 2012. That is oh, so two and a half years. Yeah, I, two if and a half years. If you would have asked me, I would have said nine months. Right. Oh, nine months. Well, yeah, I, I feel like I've had this months. car forever. 
Two and a half years. I'm already beginning my analysis of my next automobile. No, 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 no. You just told me you're not supposed to overanalyze. Well, oh, right. That Are was you like the type the when you, so let's take the car out of it. Let's say uh, if you, and I know at one point in your life you did, if you were engaged, if you get engaged again, how long would it take you to buy a ring? Like, is that the type of thing you would overanalyze too? No, because that's so, when things are so overwhelming like that, then I will just make a choice. Okay. So if if, if there's an infinite amount of possible choices, I will not overanalyze because it's too much. Are you a mess when you go food shopping every week? No, but I, I know what I'm getting now, and I don't look elsewhere. So I know, which stops me, like I go to the A&P, A&P supermarket near right. me, which is not great. Okay. There, are many, there are better uh, food places to shop at, but I know where the things so I like. Comfortable. I know where they are. I know where the peanut butter aisle is. I know where my cereal is. I know where my chicken breasts are, Jerry. I, I, w- I want to say if there's any, I don't know how many people listen to this. It could be 24, it could be 24,000. It could be zero. I listen sometimes. If there's anybody out there that knows a TV producer, someone has got to stick a camera on this guy for a week because you are a fascinating human being. Let's put it on CBS Sports Network. No, I'm thinking more like National Geographic. Oh. Like a, re- like a real reality. I'm not talking a sports angle. I mean real life Al Dukes. Just follow me around. Yeah. And if not... Can I produce it? Yeah, definitely. You have to just sell it. It'll be a pilot. You could sell it to somebody. How about three days with you? Uh, I would do that. Al Dukes, make the one experiment. Make one, uh, like, at a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you see me on a regular workday like Thursday, it. a relaxing workday Friday, and a day off Saturday. Done. Oh, so is this. Oh, Take a bye. Bye. stars of the show, Alan Jerry. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f- yourself? <laughs> wow. Well, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.